Hey guys, welcome to our Sermon of the Week podcast. Today's message is from Chris Dupre. If you're interested in partnering with us, check out our app or website for ways to give. Okay, now I'm going to have a couple of people I don't know stand up. No, I'm just... <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, I, one thing, he was just saying that he had, back in, in prayer, that Nathan had just come from uh, Sunday sessions, and it was a real powerful time. Those things, uh, I just want to encourage you to, to uh, if you can, get here at 9 o'clock uh, every Sunday. We, it was coffee and questions this week. Um, but the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about sharing Jesus. John Ilias is coming up uh, this coming week. Yeah, we got to love John Ilias. I mean, seriously, he, he's the ma- master of uh, meat. Where are you, John? Where are you? You're over there. There you are. Yeah. How many deer did you process this year? Over a thousand. So if you are out there hunting and you said, I got, uh, I got two deer this year, he got over a thousand. So <clears throat> this is really deer country around here. Wow. Everybody's hunting. Um, I, 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 I say that because that last song, Seek Your Face, I hope we have a hunting God heart. <clears throat> Instead of hunting to kill, it's hunting to know. Um, is, uh, as Tyler was singing that, I was just reminded of, uh, it, it, you guys, I didn't give you the scripture back there, so don't worry about it. It's 2 Corinthians 3, towards the end, it just says, I've shared this before, but now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, um, <clears throat> which I believe that's the, uh, that's the Braveheart verse in Scripture, you know, a freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Where God is, there's liberty. That should get us a little excited. <clears throat> but we all with unveiled face, oh, to seek to see, this, the whole thing about seeing unveiled face, beholding as a mirror the glory of the Lord, it says this, we're transformed into the same image from glory to glory. So we're transformed into the image we see. It's not just seeking and, and, and seeing the face of God. My question is kind of, what do we see when we find it? What's his face look like to us? And if we spend 2023 <clears throat> uh, going after a face that we don't know the heart behind it, um, we're, we're tentative. If you don't know how somebody feels about you and you have to go, you know, you, get, you got called to the principal's office. Let me say this. You get called to the vice principal's office. Okay? You're 12 years old. You got called to the vice principal's office. You have no idea what this man is like. You just know he lives in an office with people in front that guard him. You don't know what he's like and you're tentative. You're scared. And so many of us are kind of like that. We, we want to seek the Lord and tentative and you'd hear about the fear of the Lord, which is really just the awe of one who is greater than we are. And so I want to encourage you, this is not my sermon, but I want to encourage you as you do seek him, um, <clears throat> you will find a smile and you will find a God who's happy to know you, to create you, uh, that he's absolutely in love and ravished by you. As a matter of fact, twice in the Song of Solomon when it speaks about how uh, 
he is looking at his Shulamite maid. One, one time he says, I'm undone. And the other time he says, you make my knees quiver. And this is, this is a parallel to how God sees us. In other words, we make God's knees quiver. Wow. That's, that's the face of the one that you're seeking. So don't be tentative in your search. Um, be confident that you've got a smiling God that's waiting for you. Is that okay? Good. I'm, I'm done then. <clears throat> okay. Um, I just, we're family, right? Yeah, okay. Um, I'm, I'm feeling, uh, I cried during worship. That, that couple, couple, when we focus on Jesus like we did this morning, oh my gosh, one song after another, and just saying his name and singing his name and then getting to the point of seeking his face and, and, the, the whole emotion behind it, I, I feel um, just because of just because that tenderness and that time, but also just life in general. I'm honest with you, I feel probably as weak as I've ever felt before I had to give a word. Mmm. Mmm. Sounds like young Frankenstein over there. Mmm. Oh, you like your food. Mmm. Never mind. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> that's... Never mind. How <laughs> to take a tender moment and crush it? So it's you know <laughs> nothing like young Frankenstein to do that. Um, <clears throat> my being here, even speaking, is is kind of a, a little miracle. I I shared the story a couple of years ago, but I, I couldn't speak in front of people. I got out of every oral report and book uh, report that you had to read in class. I didn't when it came around, and you had to read a couple. Paragraphs. I always pretended like I couldn't see the words because the fact of the matter was fear crept into me so deeply that I, I lost vision of the words that were in front of me uh, in whatever book or whatever we were reading. Um, I didn't do a speech. I, I'm the only guy that ever passed speech class without giving a speech, I'm sure, in my school. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I had dreams one day of being in front of people. I remember I was about nine or ten or... And, and I used to do a lot of joking around and stuff. And I thought, well, maybe I'll get in front of people and, and be a comedian or something like that. And so I, I, I heard this joke on TV. <clears throat> uh, I was in the TV room and my, the rest of my family was in the kitchen. My brother and my mom at the time, I think my sister might have been there. And I heard this joke. And I thought, this is so funny. I got to tell them. So I literally heard the joke, ran into the kitchen. Now, this is 10 seconds later. And stood in front of everybody and goes, okay, there's this guy named... And I went blank. I couldn't talk in front of three people. And it was my family. <laughs> and they both went, yeah, this guy named, I, I, I can't remember. He says, well, you'll, you'll never be a, a speaker if you can't get further than a guy named. And, and <clears throat> that carried with me. Uh, I remember getting saved. Uh, I, by that time, I had been um, playing guitar, writing some music, and and I couldn't play in front of anyone, so people heard I played. And so if they came over, they said, hey, play me a song. So I would go into the bathroom, close the door, and I would sing to the toilet because the bathroom tile in that corner was really great. And it projected, and I didn't have to look at anybody. Anybody ever go into the, the bathroom to sing? Oh, okay, good. 
out of fear? <laughs> okay, we're not alone. Um, <clears throat> I want to say this. I, I thought at that time it was going to shut me down. I had an opportunity to, uh, to take this job locally at that time in my life, and I didn't. I, I looked at fear. I looked at all the things that um, I felt were arrayed against who I was and what I was called to do and just said, I'm not going to be satisfied with something less. I met the Lord at that time, and I just knew that God had more for me and that if I lived in just being satisfied with less, I would die inside. This year is, a, is about being content but not satisfied. This year is about having your heart content in whatever state, as Paul said. You know, he, he spoke about his poverty. He spoke about his wealth. He spoke about everything in between. But the fact of the matter was he was content. His heart was content in where God had him. But I think if we take contentment and satisfaction and we marry them, we get, we get in trouble. If we live in contentment and we think that's satisfaction, you are missing what God has for you. Mm. Isaiah 43, 17 through 19 says this. This is what the Lord says, who's made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the... Oh, is that up there? Awesome. You know what? I, I, it's funny. You put down the, the... I told you New King James, and I just realized that what I have here isn't, so I'm just going to read it. So you keep it up there. Who drew out the chariots and horses, the army, and reinforcements together, and they lay there. I love this. What, was, what came against me lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Oh, I love that. I love Isaiah 43. It's, it's, it's a stunning verse. And here the funny thing is, if you go to Isaiah 46, I, I didn't give you this, but Isaiah 46, I think it's 8 or 9, somewhere in there, it says, remember. Remember the former things. And this one says, don't remember the former things. Well, that's confusing, God. What am I supposed to remember? What am I not supposed to remember? What you don't remember is your shame. What you don't remember is what he's cleansed. What you don't remember is what he's forgiven. If he's forgiven it and he's forgotten it, he's thrown it to see a forgetful. The only one that ever wants to bring that up is the devil. The only one that ever wants to bring that up is the enemy of our soul. God is not a God of shame. So he's asking us to remember his goodness, but take those things which, you know, the bumps of life. He says, forget those former things. I've got something new for you. Forget it. Don't dwell on it. As a matter of fact, this is what it says. See and perceive. I love this. See, I'm doing a new thing. Can you perceive it? So we were talking about show me your face and seeing. Well, it just goes right in with this. The, the, the area that we're weak on is seeing things in the past we shouldn't and not seeing things in the future we should. We've got it mixed up. We've got it backwards. It says there in verse 18, one of the main reasons we can't sing, it says, it's because we cling to the former things or we dwell in the past. I got up here, I think it was uh, New Year's Eve, and I just had a, a, a little 
thing right after worship, it just I, I felt this thing very strongly that there's a fear of what, what is coming, but we carry the shame of what was and the fear of what is coming. Well, you carry she, uh, shame and fear, you're in trouble. You're not living your best life. You're not, you're not, you're not seeing and you're not perceiving. <clears throat> we're either wallowing in the past, our failures, or we're glo some glory in the past, and they live there. I, I have a dear friend. I won't call him a dear friend. I have a friend. I won't call him a friend. I have a guy I know for a long time. <laughs> he's, he's got gray hair down to here, and all he remembers is what happened in the 70s. We met in 1973, and it was always, hey, you're going to get married? Get one by one, all his buddies, we'd all get married. And he's like, yeah, someday, someday. And what would happen? And, and I know he's not watching this, so I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> but everyone, he'd get close to someone, and they would find out he's living in the past. So they, they were unseen because of what he looked at. What you look at takes away at what is in front of you. That's why God says to see and perceive. He's, he's inviting us to see him, and he's inviting us to perceive that something good can happen because his nature is good. But if what we're seeing is you know, if you look back at 2022 and goes, man, I screwed up here, I screwed up there, I screwed up here. Join, join the screwed up club. As I like to say, we're all kind of doofuses. <laughs> when we come to groups with that and just, you know, realize that God created us and he loves this little doofus. He does. But this friend of mine, he's, he's now, I've known him now for, uh, well, this year, it'll be 50 years. And he once had a girlfriend, and then, you know, as we used to say, wow, she's blind. <laughs> she's, she was blinded to these things about him. Um, that wasn't a nice thing to say, but I was young. Um, <clears throat> and then suddenly something opened her eyes, and remember her coming going, he, he lives in the past. All his pictures are in the past. All his stories are in the past. What, who is he and where is he going to go? And we just had to say, we love him, but we don't know. We don't know. Philippians 3, 12 and 13 says, not that I've already attained all this or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on, I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of. I'll stop there. I, I, the main thing is I press on. How many came away from 2022 um, a little wounded? Anybody here? Okay, both of you. Okay, good. How many uh, live in a spirit of lie? <laughs> How many are excited about 2023? I'm, I'm trying to be honest now. I know that, that that's the reaction. We can stir up a, a group. How many are a little tentative? Anybody else? Yeah, it's like, well, why would we be tentative? Well, one is we're, we're still kind of 
wounded from what happened. Uh, a lot of things maybe, and here, here's the reality is, is that the people we live in, the circumstances and the job we had, nothing changed and it wasn't great how it ended. How is it going to be different? Well, it's if your ability to see and perceive. It's how you look and what you look at. It says here to, to forget those things. To forget doesn't mean you don't remember. And, and if you get anything else from this morning, get this line. Biblically, the word forget means to no longer be influenced or affected by it. To no longer be influenced or affected by it. In other words, I remember what happened. You know, I, I remember that we took a trip to Nashville and I went to the airport and the bag fell on my left middle finger and it broke it. I remember that. I remember things that broke my heart or my spirit or my thoughts. and my. I remember all sorts of things, but am I affected by it? Now, a break is a little different than that. You know, you, you carry something, but the things within our souls that affect it. Someone asked me this morning, and actually, <clears throat> yeah, asked me this morning, are you going to be funny? <laughs> I never plan on being funny. I never plan on saying anything that's funny. But I just, I, I came in this morning with this thing on me that, that how you view your past and how you view your future is how you're going to walk out this year. And I am jealous for you to be who God's called you to be, to have what God's called you to have, to move in the giftings called, God's called you to move in, and to let go of shame and fear, whether it's past, present, or future. I, I just am. I, I look out. I look at people I know and I love. I love Tony. Love you, Tony. I tell you that all the time. <clears throat> Just wonderful people that are here. And I'm, I'm jealous to see you. I'm jealous that by next year, that which held you back this year no longer holds you. Wouldn't that be amazing if each of us said no to something that we need to forget and said yes to something of what God's, God's called us to do? And to be. Wouldn't, I, wouldn't it be wonderful if fear and shame didn't have the hold it has? Oh. People would walk in here and they go, what is different about this place? I, I, sometimes we just, we don't perceive what God's doing. I, I don't know what God's doing in your life, but I'm, I'm going to stop for a second. And I want you to think, while I'm talking, which is a hard thing to do, but give it a shot. Um, think, what is God doing right now in you? What's he doing? What's he doing in your life? What's he doing in your family? What's he doing in your ministry? What's he doing in your relationships? What is he doing? Or are you just long for the ride? Hey, you know, you put your hands up when you're going down the roller coaster and you don't care if you fall out. 1991, the Lord spoke to my wife and myself that we were moved from North Chilai, New York, to Kansas City, Missouri. <clears throat> and so we, we prayed about it. We felt we were supposed to do it. And it was, uh, I had an elders meeting coming up with the pastors, and I was one of the past associate pastors at the time. And I walked in, and I said, hey, I, I need to share what the Lord's spoken to us. And <clears throat> I sat around, and there's maybe half a dozen, eight guys around, and I just said, uh, the Lord's called us to Kansas City. I don't know when, but 
it, it's going to be in the next six, eight months, maybe something like that. And they were like, oh, okay. And, and then one guy just stood up and start, pointed at me and began to yell at me. And this was the pastor I was working with. And he stood there as I'm sitting in my chair and stood over me. He wasn't a tall guy, but at that moment he was higher than I was. And he's looking down and he's going and pointing like this and yelling and screaming. And I'm thinking, wow, that's such a godly response. Um, yes, I love you too, and I'll pray for you when you go. Uh, <laughs> um, and then he, he finished, and he sat down, and somebody else said, I just don't, that's not God. You're not supposed to go. And I said, why? He goes, well, because my youth group, uh, uh, you're, you've been a blessing to my kids, and, and I feel like the Lord wants you to be for the next few years. Okay. And the, other guy, and then the first guy stood back up again, and he yelled at me again and then stormed out of the door. And I sat there with everybody else thinking, you ever have those awkward moments when you know you just, just shut up? Let somebody else say something first? But nobody did. So we sat there in this awkward pause, and I just thought, I'm just going to stay here until someone says something. And five, six, seven minutes go by, nothing. I go, well, this is very interesting. These are all people that I've been in relationship with for over a decade. <clears throat> and then suddenly the door opens, the pastor walks in, the guy that was yelling at me, he's got a basin, he's got a jug, and he's got a towel. And he sits down at my feet, takes my shoes and socks off, and washes my feet and cries and cries. And he goes, I knew what it was going to be if you go, how it's going to affect things. And I got mad, and I, I just wanted to control you. And he just said, I just feared. I feared. I just realized at that moment in time, the power of fear keeps us because people want to hold us. The power of fear keeps my heart because it wants to hold me in a place, in a position. And maybe it's a good position. Maybe it's a safe. And that's sometimes, you know, that's sometimes the hardest thing is to move out of a position of safety and contentment when God's calling you into something more. Sometimes we're just satisfied with the fact that all is at peace in my life, and I'm not, heaven help me, I'm not going to jump out of the boat and walk on the water. I'm fine in the boat. Jesus will make it over here. It'll all be good. <laughs> but there's only two people in history that are ever walking on water, and we put Peter down because he fell. No. <laughs> I praise the guy because he, he stood and he walked. I would love to have on my resume, walk on water. Wow, you walk on water? I did it once. Yeah, yeah. How'd it go? Down? <laughs> it's not always easy to see what God's doing. But if we seek, we'll find. Sometimes you need to ask the people that are around you. Have you ever asked that question to people around you? Are you vulnerable enough to ask somebody in your life saying, what do you see about me? And what do you see that... You think I'm holding back. Ooh, give that a shot sometime. You'll be very surprised at the things people say. God shows, sometimes God shows you some things and you just don't handle it right. He showed Joseph his future. Joseph knew something great was going to happen. His brothers didn't see it. This whole story of Joseph would have been so different if his brothers would have seen it. But they didn't perceive it. Well, it's because he was a jerk. 
He handled it wrong. He handled the news from God incorrectly. I'm so glad Joseph went through what he had to go through because humility plants us in a spot that arrogance could never fulfill. <clears throat> Sometimes the response is, is like my friends was, was to attack. In Genesis 15, uh, <clears throat> it's, I don't know if I gave you that one. Did I give you that one? Okay, good. Awesome. Genesis 15. Um, Abraham is, is, he's received this amazing word from the Lord verse, in verse one, you know, don't be afraid. Uh, I'm your shield, your exceeding great reward. And down in verse six, he believed in the Lord and it was counted to him for righteousness. And then he decides, I am going to, in verses seven through 11, and I'm just going to skip there to 10 or 11, but in verse seven through 11, he, he goes through and he decides, I'm going to to give this sacrifice to what God, God showed me something about my future. I'm going to sacrifice this great sacrifice that we have. And sometimes, and for me, the, the, for my wife and I in, in 1991, the sacrifice was we're leaving family and friends. Everyone we knew lived in upstate New York. It was either my family in Rochester or her family in Schenectady. And so we're leaving this family, and this is where I met the Lord. This is all the people I grew up in the Lord with. And now we're going to go to a place where I don't know anybody. And God's telling us to go. And so we're, we're, we're making this sacrifice and suddenly the sacrifice gets attacked. And the same thing happens here. Abraham creates a sacrifice. I'm doing this thing unto God. In the middle of the sacrifice, the vultures come. Listen to this. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, he, he had laid out this elaborate sacrifice where he cut the animals in half and he, just, he did everything systematically. He went before the Lord. How should I do this? God tells him what to do. He does it. Oh, Lord, I sacrifice to you. And the minute he does, these mangy vultures come down and attack his sacrifice. That's exactly how we felt when we shared the news that we're going to move. We're going to sacrifice. We, we believe God wants to uproot us. This is a sacrifice. And you're attacking. But here's what, here's what Abraham did. Actually, it's Abram at this time. It says, Abram drove them away. In another, in another version, it says, he took his cloak and he swatted them. He took what he had and he just went, he went to war against those that would attack your sacrifice. There are times that you have to fight for what God has shown you. Because there's going to be pushback and you're going to get, you're going to have somebody that's going to physically disagree with you. You're going to have people that are close by you saying, you know, I, I don't see it. I, I think your motive's wrong and you need to listen and, and find out if that's true or not. But when you know that God's spoken and it lines up with his word and it lines up with his heart. And if the vultures start to come, do you let them eat it or do you fight for it? How do we fight for it? Children of Israel, you know, they sent the spies in. Only two, only two of them see and perceive correctly. Ten of them don't. What is the result of those that don't see and perceive what God has for you? Because the beautiful blessing lay out before them, a land of milk and honey, and they could have had it, but they perceived something lesser than, so they lived lesser than. And by not seeing it, they literally became full-time desert dwellers instead of people of fullness. And some of us are just happy in the desert. 
It's quiet. I've got my routine, and I don't want anything to upset it. How are we doing? <laughs> okay. The ability to see. My cousins lived down the road from me, and they had 120 acres. You know what that 120 acres was? Battlefield. World War II. Civil War. We fought so many battles there. We set up so many tents and so many things that we had to, you know, capture the flag. <clears throat> when you play capture the flag with your cousins on 120 acres and you have no idea where the flag is, okay, that's, that's quite a game. And it, it takes all day. <laughs> but capture the flag on a quarter acre, eh. There it is over there. <laughs> Shall we get it? I don't know. They're standing by it. All right. Let's play kickball. <laughs> when you perceive what's around you, uh, little boys do that. They, they, you know, whatever you, you have. I have a four-year-old, my granddaughter. Uh, they're staying with us for the moment. <clears throat> you know, a 15-year-old uh, grandson, 13-year-old granddaughter, and a four-year-old granddaughter. And she will take something and say, do you want to? And she'll hold the ball up. I think, hey, you want to play ball? <coughs> and she'll hold it up and she'll go, no. no it's, it's like the earth. There we are. <laughs> what, you see that on that little rubber thing? It's right there. You know, the kids perceive and see things. My, I had a sister seven years older than I actually. Yesterday was her birthday. <clears throat> and she, <laughs> when she was younger... I'm talking about 10, 11, 12, 13, and she had all the little girlfriends over. Uh, they, we had this big chest, and you open the chest up, there's all my parents and grandparents, uh, my, my mother and grandmother, all these old clothes that were in there. And I found out that, that to a boy, 120 acres is a, is a paradise of war, okay? To a girl, to my sister, that chest was every play known to man. And so I found myself at five years old becoming one of the sisters in Little Women. <laughs> that was not my choice. Um, but when 13-year-old girls tower over you, put this on. What is it? Just put it on. And then I just remember one time she goes, go like this. I said, Okay. Next thing I know, this lipstick goes, and I went, ah! So there I was. I don't know which one I was. I was the one that didn't talk, is what I was. <laughs> but a, year, a little girl will see that, and they'll go, oh, oh, look at all the things. Look at all the possibilities. Let's play. And I think God puts us down in this life, and he says, look at all the possibilities you have. Well, why don't you see that? Here's a chest. It's all sorts of stuff in there. There's, there's things that could be swords, and we could have sword fights, and things that, you know, rockets, you could make rockets, and you could, you could dresses and things, and you could, all sorts of opportunities. And we look back when we're not supposed to look at those things, and we look forward with fear because we're unsure of the God who holds us. That's really what fear is. Fear is not fear of something. It's the unsureness of how God holds us. If I, if I am sure of how he holds me, 
then it, I, I fulfill the fear not that Jesus speaks about. <clears throat> Listen, a lot of people miss things. Dorothy <laughs> in the Wizard of Oz. Why and suddenly in the end is she so happy? Nothing's changed. It's still black and white. But to her now it has color in her heart. She missed the world she lived in, wanted something different, and had to get whisked away in a, in a dream to be able to understand what she really has. <clears throat> Nolan Bushnell, he founded Atari. Steve Jobs came to him and said, invest in my company. How much? $50,000. $50,000 was nothing to the guy that founded Atari, but he didn't do it. If he had, he would own one-third of Apple. But he missed it. He didn't see it. Same thing with Ronald Wayne, Apple's co-founder. After two weeks after Apple was launched, this is amazing, two weeks after Apple was launched, he sold a 10% stake in Apple for $800. And for renouncing all claims... They gave him $1,500, and that would be it. If he'd kept it, he would be, he'd have about $80 billion today. Sometimes it's not fear of what's to come. It's like my friend who just lives in, in the now and in the yesterday. We live here. It's comfortable. Well, I'm too old. I, you know, I've, I've done my stuff. I don't want to venture out anymore. Really? My grandmother got saved at 82 and lived till 99 and had visions of Jesus for 17 years. My Aunt Margaret just passed away. She lived to 102. She was a storm. <laughs> Al Pacino, he was offered this part. And he said, I don't understand it. It sounds so stupid. It sounds like a bad Saturday cartoon. And so Harrison Ford did Star Wars. Sometimes we don't see it. He didn't, he didn't perceive it. He didn't understand what it was. I think this year God's going to put things in front of you, and the normal way of responding would be, yeah, I don't know. I want to ask you this. I want to ask you to take a little more time and perceive what God brings to you. I think there are people, I'm, I'm going to prophesy here. <laughs> if I, there are people here that aren't millionaires that will be before the end of the year. You're going to see something, you're going to invest, and God's going to pay off. But you've got to make the leap. You've got to cross the Jordan. You have to go into the promised land, and you have to take it. Sometimes there'll be vultures. Take your coat off and smack them. Tell them where to go. I think one of the greatest ways of seeing, and, and uh, whoever is back there, oh, there he is. That is the man right there. He's not, he's not even listening to me. He's just sitting there looking all sorts of cool. Yeah, you're the man. <laughs> I so appreciate that, man. But I think one of the greatest is... is uh, the man on the cross next to Jesus. One didn't see anything and the other saw. I think that's the world we live in every day. Can we see Jesus in the midst of our day? Can we 
perceive what he's doing? Can we be actors instead of reactors? Reaction means someone owns me. Do you know that? If you're someone who reacts all the time, someone else owns you. They own your emotions. I don't want anyone to own my emotions. I want God to own them. <coughs> my theology changed when I moved to Kansas City on the way. <coughs> To know the perfect, the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I grew up in a, with a Bible teacher that said that was three wills. Good, acceptable, and perfect. It's not. There's a will of God. It's good. It's absolutely acceptable. And it's perfect. It's not three. I had thought that. And I thought, I need to know the perfect will. The perfect will. It can't just be acceptable. It's got to be perfect. And I was under this thing <coughs> that was such a pressure to me that I had to, had to always do the perfect will of God. And then I got to Kansas City and my wife and I were there to visit just to see, put our, put our toe in the water and see if God wanted us to be there. <clears throat> and as we were there, I had this amazing dream. I'm not going to tell you what it was, but a, a, a friend came over. He wasn't a friend at that point, but he came over for breakfast the next day. And uh, he began to prophesy. And he said, what was the dream you had last night? I said, well, let me tell you. So I told him. He gave me an interpretation that was incredible. And then he said this. He said, you're under this weight of the perfect will of God. I said, yes, I am. He said, where, do you, where are you praying about going? I said, Lockport, New York has asked me to come and pastor the church. Where else? I said, here. What would you do? I said, I don't know. I hear there's a seventh grade position open. I'm happy to take that. I taught for junior high for a number of years before. He said, well, <clears throat> what's in your heart? I said, well, I don't trust my heart. He said, oh, there's your problem right there. I said, well, the heart's deceitfully wicked. <laughs> uh, there's another scripture that says, yes, the day will come when I will put a new heart within them. And, I, and in that heart, I will put my Holy Spirit he goes, that's the world you live in now. What's your heart say? I said, my heart says here. But what if you go there? I said, but what if I go there? I said, I'll be out of the perfect will of God. <laughs> he said, do you think God is confined to how you perceive his will? He said, your heart is pure. Here's the thing that you need to know. Move according to your heart and according to the confirmations that you sense from those around you. And you will end up in the absolute perfect will of God. I said, what? You mean I could go there and it's God's will? Uh-huh. And he'll bless you. What? And I can go here and God's will? Yes. And he'll bless you. I went, well, I thought that I could only be in one place. No, you're confining God to your perception. Don't do that. Let God be God and bless you in the purity of your heart wherever you go. I want to release you from having to be perfect. Let God take that job. Is that okay? Ephesians 1.18, it says, I pray that your eyes may be enlightened in order to see the hope which he's called you to. Do me a favor, just close your eyes for a moment.
Lord, I know in order to go where we've never been, sometimes we need to do something we've never done. Lord, there are people that are here today, and they are, they are so content because of the goodness, and yet something is stirred in them. And I pray that we would be a people that continue to search and seek, not just after your face, but after your heart, but after the, the things that you have put of yourself in us that would come to life, that would bear fruit. I pray this year, as a, as a, as a track guy that has to give the baton to somebody else, I have to let it go for it to go to the next point. Lord, the things that we have to let go so we can move forward. Lord, I ask 2023 will be a year of fulfillment. It'll be a year of such pleasure of you leading us. It'll be a year marked where fear no longer has its hold on us. It'll be a year where we let go of shame once and for all. It's not the thing that we bring up again and again and again. But it's the year that you brought freedom to us so that we can freely be all you've called us to be. I am jealous, Lord, for the beautiful people you have in this room. I just ask that fear will no longer keep us from seeing and hopelessness will no longer keep us from believing. That disappointment won't keep us from seeing that God has something good for us. We really would let go of what has gone and we really would begin to have eyes to see what's in front of us. Thanks for checking out our Sermon of the Week. If you have questions or would like to get connected, download our app or visit us at providencecommunity.org.